You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Live from Hampton Roads in the heart of the 757, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 on a Friday. I want to hear from you on this one. Roger Goodell was on the field post-Super Bowl being picked up by a player on the Chiefs and it gets worse from there. How bad of a look is this for Roger Goodell? 757-687-9494. Roger Goodell has no sense for the moment, no idea how the public will perceive his actions. And and to be completely honest with you, most of being a commissioner is having a sense for the moment and understanding public perceptions. Roger Goodell was literally jumping into the arms of Chris Jones in celebration after the Super Bowl. Started off, and there's there's microphones there, so, so you can hear it if you go find it online. Uh, it's hard to play without seeing like the lips moving and stuff. Like We could play the audio for you here, but it would be muffled. But you can go find it online, and, and you'll be able to understand it once you, you get the full picture. Uh, Roger, Roger Goodell literally picked up by Chris Jones in the celebration after the Super Bowl. There was a moment of, that was awesome, that was great, being said by Goodell to Jones, which is... Weird, okay? But, like, you think, hey, you know, commissioners used to be the ones that hand the Super Bowl trophy and say congrats, so maybe this is just congrats. Wrong place, wrong time, but eh. Ironically, my first thought when I saw it was actually like, oh, he and Chris Jones must have some kind of close relationship. Maybe, you know, Chris Jones is a team representative. Then I was like, no, you can't have a close relationship. My first thought was like, oh, he and Chris Jones, they must... They must be pals before I thought like, no, he can't be pals. You can't perceive to have close relationships with one player on a team when there's only 32 teams out there. It would be like a, he's the judge and jury for most things NFL, right? Appeals for his decisions are heard by him. So like, you know how a judge like recuses themselves from a, a case if they know somebody in the in the mix, right? Like, oh, I'm gonna have to recuse myself from this case because the defendant is my nephew's friend. It's like, all right, fine. Every decision that an NFL commissioner makes is somehow related to Chris Jones. Are you gonna suspend Tom Brady for Deflate Gate <laughs> if that were happening now? Okay, or name your suspend. Are you going to suspend Alvin Kamara for the situation he has going on from the the fight or whatever whatever allegedly took place in Vegas? Are you going to suspend him for it? Well, guess what? How good the Saints are indirectly affects Chris Jones. Suspend him for a year. That benefits your buddy. You can't be friends with players. Just like like judges shouldn't be best friends with people in the case. That's not okay. But here's where it gets worse. And here's where I think some of your jaws are going to drop. You can hear Roger Goodell say to Chris Jones, I don't care how you hit the quarterback. 
And then he leans back and looks at Chris like, ha ha, funny joke. This is while he's still in the arms of Chris Jones. Chris Jones, big hug, Roger Goodell off the ground, like, like me picking up my niece, right? Like big hug, like, oh. And then Roger Goodell says, I don't care how you hit the quarterback. Leans back like, huh? You can't make that joke. Chris Jones, by the way, was somebody that there was a really unfair roughing the passer call against him, which is very obviously what Roger Goodell was joking about. You can't make that joke. I don't care how you hit the quarterback. You are the guy that cares how people hit the quarterback. When they get fined for hitting the quarterback, they appeal to you. Livelihoods are on the line, right? There were plays that helped decide games that came down to roughing the passer. And Roger Goodell is joking about it with one of the highest paid defensive linemen in the league. You can't make jokes about the rules. Juju Smith-Schuster learned that. Can you imagine if if he went up to, say, after uh, week three of next year, he goes up to James Bradbury, jumps into his arms, congratulates him on a win, and says, I don't care how much you hold? From the commissioner of the NFL. What are, what are we doing here? Like... If I were in a fantasy league and there was a trade that was vetoed and I ended up losing a championship because of it and then the commissioner who vetoed the trade was joking about it with the team that beat me in the championship, oh boy, we're going a couple rounds. And that is a meaningless fantasy league. This is the NFL. I, I I was actually, because I saw him jumping into Chris Jones' arms, and I was like, that's weird. You can't do that. But I was going to try to avoid it until I heard the audio of, I don't care how you hit the quarterback. Wait a minute. Do you care how Brandon Graham hits the quarterback? Because remember when Washington beat the Eagles, it was sealed by Brandon Graham hitting Taylor Heineke after Taylor Heineke took the knee after scrambling around a little bit. Did you go over to the Eagles side and say, I don't care how you hit the quarterback either? I would be livid if I were a defensive player on any team other than the Chiefs. By the way, here's where it gets crazy, right? I know the scripted jokes are dumb. And and like the NFL is scripted, yuck, yuck, yuck. Arian Foster told a joke on a podcast, took on a life of its own. I know the scripted is not true. But there were legitimate concerns by quite a few NFL fans that this playoff was rigged to get the Chiefs a Super Bowl. Now, is it true? I 100% say no, it's not rigged. But there are people that believe that. As a commissioner, you can't go out and give them reason to believe it. What are we doing here? If somebody out there is like, you know what, that hold on Bradbury, that felt like you were trying to guarantee a win for Mahomes so he would go on to to be an all-time great and you can market him for the next 10, 15 years. Can you make sure that image doesn't come across, Roger? Yeah. I'll just go tell one of the best defensive players on Mahomes' team that I don't care if he obeys the rules or not. Well, you'll be joking, right? Yeah, that's what we'll say. Fine. We'll let it we'll, we'll go with that. Thanks, Raj.
I mean, it, like the, the NFL are sticklers, right? They they piece every little little bit of the rule perfect. You have to be letter specific, and it all has to. You can hit them below the collarbone, but it has to be above the quads, and you can't hit them uh, if they've already thrown the ball. And sometimes, even when they haven't thrown the ball, you're still not allowed to hit them. And once you hit them, you better not put any weight on them because if you let your weight fall on them, that's a penalty. And if you throw them to the ground, that's a penalty. And sometimes, if it's Tom Brady, that's just going to be a penalty regardless, no matter if you do everything else right, except for Chris Jones because Roger Goodell likes him. At least that's the the joke he told. How funny is that? You don't have to obey the rules. <laughs> Imagine if a referee said that. Because what's the commissioner but like the head referee, right? He's, he's the, the leader of that side. It's the player's side. And then there's the other side. Referees, league office, that side. Imagine if a referee, after a game, jumped into the arms of one of the teams and said, I don't care if you hold. Sure, he was joking. Does it really make you feel any better? I don't think it does. I don't think it does at all. Not even a little bit. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Matt K, go ahead and read, read the tweet. Or sorry, read the text. From Matt K in the 757, the NFL is always scripted for different reasons depending on who the person accusing them of rigging is. That That's the, the old conspiracy theory thing, right? Nobody was saying that the uh, NFL was rigged for the Chiefs when you know the catch was called by uh, uh, Dallas Goddard on the sideline. But then as soon as the hold is called against James Bradbury, everyone's saying it's rigged for the Chiefs. It's all situational. I get it. I'm not arguing that it is scripted. I've gone very, very aggressively against it being scripted. But now what I'm saying is Roger Goodell needs to make sure he's not participating in making those that believe it's scripted advance that thought. Because you're the commissioner. If you want to go give like a congratulatory handshake and say job well done, go nuts. Right? If you want to be the one that passes the trophy to the team, have a great time. You want to stop in the winner's locker room and you want to say, Coach, do you have a minute? I'd like to address the team. Thank you guys for uh, raising the level of the shield. You, your play has been exceptional, and I'm proud to name you uh, the champions. Like, that's all good. If you want to do, by the way, if you do that, you should probably go to the Eagles locker room and do a similar thing and say, even though you came up just short, I'm still proud of the effort you put forth and you helped the NFL raise the level of the shield this season. Like that's what a commissioner does. You don't jump into the arms of one of the players. I mean, we retweeted it at our at our Twitter again at ESPN Radio nine four one the video and and it says follow us while you're there uh, and, and the the video and it has the audio and you can check it out and if you haven't seen it yet I believe you'll be just as jarred as I was it looks weird it looks like Chris Jones's like a uh, high school coach got a field pass for celebrating after the game. And it was the first time they saw each other after Chris Jones won the Super Bowl. And he's like, coach, come jump on. You're your former player. Let's get a big hug in here. Thank you for everything you did for me. Except it's Chris Jones and the commissioner of the NFL. It's crazy. Again, that call in line 757-687-9494. We just read a text. You can text in on the Dream Lawns text line. Same number, 757-687-9494. Sean Payton... (laughs) is threatening to use the Eagles' sneak every game. 
That might backfire on him. I'll tell you how coming up next. Stick around. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Want a shot at the quarterback? You better not miss. Pain heels, chicks dig scars, glory. Last forever. Follow at Donnelly Sports on Twitter. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Fourth and one, Hurts burrowing forward, and he's got another one. It's unbelievable how good they are at this. Fox play-by-play of the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts burrowing. How exciting is that? Every third and short, fourth and short, just make a pile. It's basically what the Eagles did all season. Uh, Sean Payton has threatened to use the rugby scrum sneak every game. We'll tell you all the details about that and why the NFL uh, might be put between a rock and a hard place. Uh, but first, coming up in a little bit here, right here on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, we have Monday headlines. It's one of our favorite games to play on Fridays. Uh, we try to guess what the sports world is going to be talking about on Monday. What will be the biggest story in sports on Monday. Get them in now to the text line, 757-687-9494. Get your guesses in now on what the sports talkers will be talking about, the sports bloggers blogging about on Monday, 757-687-9494. Now getting back to the sneak. I think we can all agree on this, okay? And and if you disagree, uh, I don't know, hit me up on Twitter and we'll argue. We can all agree that we don't want the Eagles quarterback sneak from this past year to become a common thing in the NFL. Just from a fan's perspective. I'm not saying as a, hey, you're an Eagles fan and you want them to get the first down, right? I'm saying we don't want all 32 teams to be doing what the Eagles did with the efficiency the Eagles were doing it. Because it just ruins the entertainment value of the game. When every third and fourth and short looks the exact same and it's not even like a dynamic impressive feat of athleticism if all 32 teams mastered the way the eagles mastered a quarterback sneak with the the tush push which i think most teams could then every third down and short every fourth down and short would look identical it would look like a bunch of guys making a big pile a dog pile and then the referee signaling first down and that would ruin a lot of the entertainment value I mean, just the, the the surprise when they do like the fake handoff to the fullback and pitch it to the running back running into the edge is a little bit of like, a little bit of excitement, never to be had again. Jason Kelsey was the center for the Eagles that executed that uh, quarterback sneak so often. He was on his own podcast, the New Heights podcast with his brother, Travis, talking about the sneaks. I know we ran it three times in a row from the three-yard line. We were fourth and one on the three, ran quarterback sneak, got a yard. Got it. We're first and goal on the two, ran quarterback sneak, got a yard. Got it. All of a sudden, second and goal on the one, what do you think we're running? QB sneak. <laughs> as much as I love quarterback sneaks, dude, it's getting hard. They know it's coming. It's not a quarterback sneak anymore. We know that you know it's coming, so we're actually going to put a guy behind the quarterback to push him. <laughs> to get evaluated for a concussion because I was at the bottom of 700 pounds of man lying on top of me. They can get a little uncomfortable down there. It's getting hard. I'm not going to lie. They were some brutal QB sneaks. Not easy. Think about that. They were on the three-yard line. Three quarterback sneaks later, they're in. And there was nothing the defense could do about it. 
Now, the Eagles love it because it was one of their best plays, one of their most reliable plays on their way to a Super Bowl uh, appearance. Um, had to get that in there. Couldn't say on their way to a Super Bowl. It was just a Super Bowl appearance. But imagine if the Eagles on the other side, their defense, which was vaunted and very impressive, uh, had to deal with other offenses that were just like, as long as we get to second and eight or second and seven, we are just going to sneak it every play until we get a first down because there's nothing you can do to stop it. That's what could be coming. And I think the NFL is going to shut it down. But Sean Payton may have just inadvertently slowed down that process. Dean Blandino, former NFL ref, now Fox Sports rules analyst, told the 33rd team who's being interviewed, this is from Blandino, I was talking to Sean Payton during Sunday's game, and he said, we're going to do this every time next season if they don't take it out. So basically, Sean Payton said, every time there's short yardage, we're just going to do this. We're going to have Russell Wilson with our two strongest running backs right behind him, each taking a cheek and pushing forward, and the offensive line all burrowing. They're just going to dive forward, and we're going to be like, hey, the Eagles did it, so we are too. Unless the NFL takes it away. The NFL doesn't like to be bullied into anything. If anything, I've learned, like if the world is screaming, you need to make a catch obvious, they go, maybe five years from now. I firmly believe the NFL was going to outlaw the teammates pushing element of the quarterback sneak because their history shows that that's what they were going to do. They didn't need a threat from Sean Payton. I know he was talking to Blandino, and Blandino might have put him on blast, but they didn't need to feel like a team was forcing them to do it. I thought they were going to do it on their own. I'm pretty confident they would have done it on their own. Because why? Every rule change has been what? To protect quarterbacks. And encouraging the quarterback sneak encourages teams to put the highest paid and most visible stars at the bottom of the pile and in harm's way. It's like, you know what? We, do, we, we don't even let quarterbacks get touched on pass plays. So now every short yardage play, we want to put the quarterback at the bottom of a pile and have a whole bunch of 300-pounders just jump on top of them. Sound like fun? No, we should outlaw that. Encouraging the sneak discourages high-profile passing plays, which are what they've been trying to encourage forever, right? Defensive backs can't touch wide receivers anymore, can't touch quarterbacks anymore. Uh, Offensive players can pretty much hold at the line of scrimmage as long as they keep their hands inside. Like everything has been made to make the game more high-flying, encouraging the sneak is the exact opposite. The NFL was going to outlaw this play anyway. But now it's like, wait a second, I'm not going to do it because you told me to. We've all been stubborn before, right? I was going to do that anyway, but now that you acted like you could make me do it, I'm not going to do it. It's what it feels like Sean Payton may have just accidentally stumbled into. We have a call from Jim and Williamsburg on the sneak. You can call in as well, 757-687-9494. Jim, what do you have to say about the Eagles' sneak? Well, one... I understand and agree with everything you just said. Moreover, quick question. When you played, mm-hmm. was it illegal to participate in with a running back, either by holding him up or you know, three linemen marching him down the field as it turned into in the last five or six years, you know, with the scrum? I I don't I don't understand why it's <laughs> legal now to participate 
and it, it was not. I, I, I can give you the timeline. Thank you for the call. Uh, the call number, 757-687-9494. The answer, when I played, it was illegal in college. So uh, pushing a ball carrier and or aiding them was illegal in all football until 05 when it became legal in the NFL. I think because they just felt it was too difficult to, uh, to govern, right? Like, What's the difference between an offensive lineman flying in and just hitting the pile and an offensive lineman flying in and, and hitting the player? Uh, so in 05, it became legal in the NFL. In 2013, it became legal in college. So the Bush push is the most famous one. Reggie Bush pushing Matt Liner, I believe it was against Notre Dame, um, in on a quarterback sneak. That should have been during the time when it was illegal. Uh, but in 2013, it became legal in college. Uh, as I said, in 05, it became legal in the NFL. I expect them to probably rewrite the rule at some point and make it illegal once again. Um, I actually believe quarterback sneaks are pretty easy without even the push. Uh, I think if if you have a, a quarterback with any kind of vision, you can kind of see before the play where the creases are going to go, and you can get yourself a yard or two. Um, but I, I just... Any play that is inevitably going to get a yard or a yard and a half or two yards, I think kind of needs to be outlawed. It becomes like this weird trump card or this weird guarantee where it, it just, if there's nothing the defense can do, if there is a way for the defense to stop it, fine. But you're only like, if you watch the Super Bowl, here's how here's how I'll put it. Because the... The logic says offense finds something that's unstoppable. It's on the defense to find a way to stop it. Uh, did you see in the Super Bowl, the, 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 the Eagles got, I think, two of them. And then the third one, Chris Jones went airborne, and he just jumped over the top and actually kind of stoned Jalen Hurts for a minute. But the problem was he was then laying on top of the, the pile so he couldn't dig in and fight back, and they just moved him on top of the pile and moved Jalen Hurts with him forward. Um, what, what you're going to see happening is guys just going over the top and trying to smack the quarterback and uh, what's up top on a quarterback, their head. So you're just going to have a lot of like hands and, and clubs to the head of a quarterback. That's not good. That's how you guys end up in, in, in concussion protocol and out for two weeks. And then you end up without Jalen Hurts, you have Gardner Minshew. And then if Minshew tries to sneak, I don't even know who their third string guy is. It's You got to eliminate it, but I'm worried that the NFL is going to go just because you told me not to, now we're going to allow it, right? It's almost like a, you can't fire me, I quit, right? It's like, you can't tell us what to do, we're leaving it in. And I never want to test the NFL's stubbornness because I feel like they they have that in spades. It's the Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto, Sports Radio, 94.1. Every single Friday, we play Monday headlines. So you know the deal. If you're new here, it's simple. Send in right now on the text line, 757-687-9494, your best guess for what the biggest story in sports will be on Monday. After the weekend, what will everyone be talking about? 757-687-9494, Monday headlines coming up next. It's time to guess Monday's headlines on the Tim Donnelly Show. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Monday Headlines. Every Friday, we try to guess what the sports world's going to be talking about on Monday. So what's going to happen over the weekend that's going to be buzzing into next week? And as always, we want to hear from you. Get your guesses in, 757-687-9494. You can call or text with your guesses, 757-687-9494. 
877-337-9494. I'll get it started. Aaron Rodgers comes out of his darkness retreat with no further clarification. I mean, there's no guarantee that he's going to have some hallucination that tells him which which team he wants to play for or whether he wants to stick in Green Bay or not. I think he's going to come out of his darkness retreat, which I believe started earlier today, so Monday he'd be coming out. Um, and he, everyone's going to go, well, what do you think? What'd you learn? What are you going to do? And he's going to go, ah, it was dark in there. I don't know. I learned I don't like being in the dark for four days. I don't know what that has to say about, you know, Jets or Raiders, but uh, but that's where he's going to be. I think that's what the sports world's going to be talking about. Tim, I think Tiger Woods eyes the players for his next start. I think he gives him kind of a, an in-between between this tournament and the Masters. I think he at least plays one more tournament before now in the Masters. And I think the players is kind of a good spot. Highly lucrative as well, because that guy heard he needs money. Uh, that's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. So it's, uh, I feel like that would have been, I wouldn't have had to clarify that's a joke if there weren't rumors about other golfers that made hundreds of millions of dollars that may have needed money recently. Uh, not naming names. From the 757, we have a Monday headline. Ron TV757. I don't know what that, what that, the, the name is there, uh, but they're from the 757. Uh, Monday headline says a car drives in New York and leaves in a jet. That's a Derek Carr goes to New York because he's visiting the Jets, I believe, today and leaves in a jet, meaning he goes to New York as a Derek Carr and he leaves as Derek Carr, the head quarterback of the New York Jets. I think I, I read that interpretively correctly. I think you're right. Um, I'm not saying he's not going to be a Jet. I don't think it happens quickly. I've said this a few times. This is the first time Derek Carr has gotten like the five-star recruiting process. He was not a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He was a second-round pick coming out of college. This is the first time he's the bell of the ball. Everybody is going to be interested in talking to him. I think he's going to see all of the teams that want him to come. And the the other thing is uh, the other free agents can't do this yet, right? The free agency hasn't opened yet for most free agents unless you're released. So he's the, like the only big-name free agent quarterback that can be touring the world right now. So they're all going to want to talk to him. Uh, he's already visited the Saints. He's visiting the Jets. I'd expect him to do more visits before he makes a decision. So he might end up a Jet. I don't think it'll be this weekend he'll end up a Jet. But keep those uh, keep those Monday headlines coming. 757-687-9494. My Monday headline, another one. Gate City, Virginia stand-up. Mac McClung wins the dunk contest in the NBA dunk contest, which is ironic because he's not even in the NBA. He is a, a part of the, the what, Delaware 87ers, uh, which is the G League affiliate of the Sixers. Um, but he is a viral dunking sensation, and it seems like every time that guy does a workout, he posts a couple videos of wild dunks. Um, he said, he told the media he has two dunks that have never been done in in competition. And if you're just casually throwing that out there, I'm guessing you have to have at least like four that have never been done in competition. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they are. I probably won't watch it live, but that is fantastic like YouTube viewing when you can fast forward through all the ridiculous judging and everything. Um, the other thing is he's small. Dunks look so much better when you're short. And he's not short like normal person short. He's short like 
professional basketball player short. Uh, sometimes you have a dunker that's like, you know, 6'10", and it looks like they're not even jumping. And that's through no fault of their own. Uh, but but he's going to look like he is way up there. So Mac McClung wins the dunk contest. Tim, I think the uh, uh, captainless All-Star game underwhelms. Giannis, questionable for the All-Star mm-hmm. game. LeBron, he's questionable for day-to-day life and, and day-to-day basketball operations. So you never know what's going to happen there. I don't think either of the captains play, which is going to be very underwhelming. Yeah, the All-Star game's a lot of scoring, but I think it's going to underwhelm this year. We'll go to the text line, 757 enemy offensive coordinator in Washington. Yeah, the thing is, it, that could break like now. That could break any minute. We might be over it by Monday, right? If that news comes out now, it would be kind of an accidental Friday news dump because I don't think they want to bury that news. I don't think Washington would want to say, hey, you're right. When everyone's going home and has big plans for the weekend and everyone's going on vacation, let's slide in that we hired Eric Bieniemy, so nobody's talking about it by Monday anymore. Uh, but the timing of it may work out that way anyway. Uh, that's the only reason that might not be. Uh, I'll give you another one here. Oh, this one's just a side one, but it has to do with what we just said. Matt Nagy, Chiefs offensive coordinator, which you could argue might be bigger news, right? Washington's offensive coordinator, that's big news. But the defending Super Bowl champions getting a new offensive coordinator who's also their old offensive coordinator, who's also their current quarterbacks coach, who's also the former Bears head coach, who's also a former Delaware football quarterback. Hey, uh, that's pretty big news as well. But that wasn't what I was going to say. Tiger gets in the top 20. I'm just trying to speak it into existence. I don't know if this is actually going to happen, but I'm trying to speak it into existence. Uh, Right now, he's actually a little below the projected cut line, but Data Golf, which is my go-to for all the analytics in in golf, says that the cut line will move based on how the players on the course are playing right now to plus one. About 78% they're confident on it. So he'll sneak in, and then he'll go nuts on the weekend. Again, I'm trying to speak it into existence. Don't tell me I'm wrong. Tim, we mentioned a little bit earlier about Derek Carr going to the to the Jets today. I think he goes on as many visits as he wants to this week. I think he takes advantage of those visits, and we get some more names. We, we don't get the, just the Saints and the Jets, which are the ones that we've been hearing about the most. I think we get other names. I don't exactly know which ones yet, but I think we, those come out over the weekend and kind of where he's exploring. Next one, Team LeBron beats Team Giannis. It's 5-0. and oh. It's got to be 6-0. Oh. Uh, oh, did Mac McClung sign a 10-day with Con- with Philly? Like an actual – is he on the NBA roster just so the dunk contest doesn't have to say he's not in the NBA? I mean, that would make sense. How much do you think the NBA bribed uh, – like are the Sixers getting an extra extra second-round pick or something out of it? That would make a little bit of sense to me. From the 757, Brett Hundley balls out. Vipers beat Renegades. Go Vegas. That's an XFL headline right there. I did look – my moderate research into the the XFL. I did look up who's going to be the starting quarterbacks. I don't think Brett Hundley was on the list. I now maybe he's signed late or something, and I, I don't know. Maybe he's hurt, and they're just hoping he plays. I didn't see. I don't believe I saw Brett Hundley on the list. I saw AJ McCarron. Uh, I saw uh, uh, Jack Cohn. I believe there was a Jordan Tamu uh, reference. There's a couple others. Ben DiNucci. Uh, but I did not. I did not see Hunley. If, if Hunley's there, he's one of the bigger name quarterbacks in the XFL. So give him 
Give him credit on that one. All right, that does it. Monday headlines. Appreciate everybody texting in. If we didn't get to yours, uh, keep sending them in. If they they make us laugh, then we might read them on air. Again, that call and text line, 757-687-9494. Are the Lakers trying to trade AD this offseason? Are they donezo with Anthony Davis? We have at least one report saying they're getting there. Stick around. We're talking about the NBA right now on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. This is the Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, formerly ESPN Radio 941. You're in the right spot. That's what you're looking for. The Lakers and Anthony Davis, weirdly, as soon as the trade deadline passed, it's like, gosh, I wish we could trade this guy. At least that's what it seems like, which is the timing of it. The timing of it is just perfect, right? As soon as we're stuck with each other and we have to be around each other every day for the next bunch of months, uh, now we're going to start airing how much we don't like each other. The first bit of, of rumblings came from Colin Coward. You know him, FS1. Uh, also the volume. He's got podcasts and stuff. Here's Coward. Uh, I had a scout I trust say the body language by AD wasn't a coincidence. He's had a series of bizarrely ineffective games, like strangely ineffective. First half against the Warriors was weird, like not there. And I had a scout tell me last week, Dallas is going to make a run at him. Anthony Davis has sort of kind of believes he's lost the trust of LeBron. That's what I'm hearing. And that, you know, they're going to they're going to try to get their way into the playoffs and I do think if you if you gave me LeBron in that roster seven gamer playing let's get that's a series against Denver I'd take my chances with LeBron hmm the AD body language was something even though AD said it wasn't something and uh listen the problem with Anthony Davis in LA with the Lakers is that he hasn't played half of the role that they expected him to play. They brought him in for two reasons. The first reason, he lived up to, right? The first reason was be good enough to pair with LeBron and make an elite team when you're both healthy. They won an NBA championship. Check, right? Like, they they did it. That was the first part. That was the reason they brought him in. The second part of why they brought him in is that they wanted him to be the guy that could take on more and more of the role as LeBron became older and had to give up more and more of the role of being the the lead dog, right? As you get older, nagging injuries pop up. You want to have somebody else that you can say, here are the keys, you drive for a while. And because of that, Anthony Davis hasn't been able to live up to it because he hasn't been available all the time. Anthony Davis was brought in to be the constant that could carry the load for LeBron when his age caught up to him in parts, right? Obviously not if LeBron like falls off a cliff, which he hasn't done, or if LeBron gets injured for full seasons, which he hasn't done. He was there to pick up the little things, and Anthony Davis hasn't been there. It's been the opposite, right? When Anthony Davis misses time, LeBron picks up the slack. When Anthony Davis misses, uh, goes cold for a little bit, LeBron picks up the slack. That was supposed to be reversed. So if you're the Lakers, you're looking around going, all right, Anthony Davis isn't doing what we hoped he would do towards the tail end of LeBron's time in LA. What can we do to fix that? David Timpf, again, on the volume. If AD cannot return to form, you start to look at potentially... Uh, him being the vehicle for a Kyrie Irving sign and trade. Maybe you get a Josh Green 
out of Dallas as well. Maybe you get one other first-round pick. And, and the two, you know, Jared Vanderbilt, such a good work-hard forward for them. If they can get one other center, you start to look at them as a more offensively focused team behind Kyrie and LeBron. And, and LeBron, when he's surrounded by really good ball handlers and shooters, he does devote more energy to the defensive end of the floor, and he can be really impactful there. Just look at the 2016 Cavs. So that would be an interesting direction for them to look if Anthony Davis can't return to form. And here's the thing, Colin, if I asked you, what are the percentage chances that Anthony Davis returns to MVP form before the end of the season? It's like a coin flip or worse. Well, yeah. Is he going to be the MVP? No. Listen, here's, here's how it breaks down. If you are planning for life post-LeBron, trading AD is not a bad idea, right? You'd replenish some of the reserves that you have bled dry trying to maximize LeBron in LA. I get it. That's fine. That part is not even even arguable, right? If you're planning for life post-LeBron, trading AD makes a lot of sense. If you're planning for life with LeBron, it still has the possibility of making sense. If you can bring in a Kyrie, if you can bring in somebody who is more along the age line of Anthony Davis that can fulfill can fulfill that role that we were talking about, can be that person that will allow LeBron to age gracefully and still have elite superstar production on the floor while LeBron isn't, then it makes a lot of sense to trade AD. But if you're looking to maximize life with LeBron now and next year, and you're trading Anthony Davis and the best you can do is picks and young players with potential, that doesn't make much sense. LeBron is now to the point where, uh, not because he doesn't want to, but because he won't be around for the fruits of the labor, you shouldn't be thinking rebuild. If you can rearrange and reload differently, all right, you don't have Anthony Davis, you're going to trade him for another elite, borderline superstar level player, likely on the perimeter. Cool. That's a way to, to change things up, shake things up, get out from under Anthony Davis without forfeiting the rest of LeBron. I almost feel like this. If you trade AD for picks and young players, trade LeBron. Right? If you're going if you're going to go full reset, don't keep LeBron around to not be there when the full reset is done. So if you're thinking, "Hey, you know what? Dallas really wants AD." But Kyrie this offseason is a restricted or uh, unrestricted free agent can go anywhere he wants. They might not have the ability to send Kyrie over unless he agrees to a sign and trade. But Dallas wants to give us a whole bunch of picks and stuff or they want to orchestrate a third team in there to give us a whole bunch of picks and stuff because they just gave up all their picks for Kyrie. Like if you want to do that, okay. And then you turn around to everyone else in the league and say, "What will you offer for LeBron?" And then things get real crazy, right? Because then every contender right now is doing backflips to try to get your attention. How about that one, huh? Like Cowherd saying, I talked to an NBA scout who I trust who says they're interested in moving Anthony Davis. I need to go, well, what are they asking for? Because if they're asking for another current in their prime superstar, that's almost not even news, right? That's just taking AD one-for-one one swap with another superstar, and they're going to try to to finagle their way next year into to some kind of contender status for a year, maybe two. 
But if they're looking to trade AD and they're asking for future first round picks and pick swaps and, you know, like James Wiseman style players that man, their value is dropped, but there's still some kind of lottery ticket down the future, some kind of magic beans, then I'm going, ooh, that's interesting. Because I'll tell you right now, I know who does not give a flip about future draft picks. LeBron. Matter of fact, he's telling the, the, the Lakers to trade away everything in the future that's not illegal to trade. Right? He wants to trade like, like you know, future leases on the, the crypto.com center or whatever it is. As long as it's in the future, the, he does not care about it. So you better have a plan to trade LeBron if you trade AD for picks and, and, and future players. Because I'll tell you this right now, right now, and this is a, a guarantee, you trade AD to anybody, I don't care who it is, and you get back picks and young players, by the time you hang up the phone saying we accept, there will be a, a, a call waiting on your cell phone, not from LeBron, from Rich Paul, the, the Clutch Sports, uh, LeBron's agent. And Rich Paul will not be happy. And Rich Paul will be everyone's agent that you want to trade for. The guy has like a whole bunch of elite prospects, including Anthony Davis. So he's going to know the whole time it's happening what he's upset about. And then as soon as he airdrops in there, the Lakers are not going to be having a good time. Unless they say, I know, I know, you want out. We already got a plan. We're we're shopping him. We're going to send him here. Is this okay with you, Mr. Paul? Like unless they handle it like that, it'll be ugly in L.A. And I hear some of you saying, I could deal with LeBron having an ugly situation for a while. That sounds quite lovely. You're a hater. You are a hater. I heard it. I'm getting ahead of it. He's the all-time leading scorer in the history of the NBA. It's kind of impressive you still managed to be a, be a hater of some kind. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. You sound kind of like a Debbie Downer. I, that was I was not being the Debbie Downer. That we are saying they are the Debbie. Correct. Downer. Okay. Everyone that's hating on LeBron. Normally, when you play that, that is me that you're calling out. For once, Tim, not you. Did I just Debbie Downer not being called a Debbie Downer? You sure did. Yep. That's 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 inception of Debbie Downer right there. Again, that's the, okay. <laughs> thank you. The call and text line seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. The Dream Launch text line same number seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. Speaking of the NBA. LeBron probably should have like six or seven MVPs. He doesn't. Nikola Jokic is looking to do something LeBron never did. Be a three-time back-to-back-to-back MVP. How in the world is the NBA letting this happen? Stick around. 